Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Do you ever have that sense that God is asking you to do something? Nothing extraordinary, but just like maybe I'm, I'm supposed to go to the chapel, or maybe I should just stop right now and pray. I've been stressed out about something. I've been worried about something. Something's really troubling me, and I, I think God maybe just wants me to stop what I'm doing and just rest in his presence for a moment to pray and just, just surrender it to him, to give it to him. Do you ever have moments like that? Or maybe like you sense you're supposed to apologize to someone. There's someone in the office you didn't treat really well, or maybe your spouse, you kind of were short with your spouse and you kind of sense, oh, I, I, was, I was too frustrated. And I think I just need to go to my spouse and say, sorry. What do we do in those moments? You know, th this is the kind of thing that happens in the life of, of any ordinary Christian. It's nothing spectacular, nothing really mystical, but the, the, we sense that, the, that God's prompting us. He's kind of nudging us in a certain direction. Like maybe if you're a parent and you're having trouble with one of your kids and you're kind of sensing, I think my approach with this child it needs to change. I think, I think the way I've been approaching this child, I've got to do it differently. And you're, you're, and, and you're sensing God's asking you to love your child and make that change. Or maybe you're, you're in a dating relationship and you really were hoping this was the one, but you're starting to sense that maybe God is showing you this relationship just isn't working, that it, it isn't good for you and you're supposed to end it and you don't want to, and it's going to be really hard and you don't want to let go, but you kind of just sense God is wanting me to break up this relationship. And we all have moments like this in our lives. What do we do when we sense God putting something on our heart like that? How do we remain faithful to those little promptings, those little inspirations of the Holy Spirit. Well, this week, the Catholic Church is celebrating a great feast day, the Feast of the Presentation. And this story features one character, a great biblical hero in the story, but he's not that famous. A lot of people don't know that much about him. Uh, he, he didn't do anything extraordinary, like go fight a great battle on a battlefield or confront some wicked king like a pharaoh. No, all he did was say yes when he sensed that prompting in his heart. He said yes to the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And because of that, he encountered Jesus Christ in a most profound way. Well, that encounter would have never happened if he wasn't faithful to that prompting on his heart. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about this great biblical hero, the man Simeon, the old man Simeon that found the baby Jesus in the presentation story. And that's what we're going to talk about in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sri, and I want to welcome any new listeners joining us for the first time. Thanks for checking out the show. You know, this week, I'm so excited. Uh, here in Focus, we we have the Great Seek Conference coming, and you can learn more about it at seek.focus.org. There are going to be tens of thousands of people gathering all over the country, all over the world. They're gathering in dioceses. They're gathering in parishes. They're gathering in homes. And then there's college students gathering on their college campuses as well. Tens of thousands of people gathering to walk through the gospel together. You see, this isn't going to be a conference just about the Catholic faith. It's about the heart of our Catholic faith, the saving love of Jesus Christ. Do you know that love deeply in your life? 
Do you want to know it better? Do you want to live from that amazing love story of the good news, the gospel, what the church calls the kerygma? Do you have a friend or a family member that you want them to encounter the gospel in a powerful way? Check out the Seek Conference. It features many wonderful presenters like Father Mike Schmitz, uh, Sister Miriam, Curtis Martin, uh, and many others. You can go to seek.focus.org. It's this weekend, February 4th through 6th, taking place in dioceses, uh, parishes, people's homes all around the world. If you have a small group, you have a men's group, a women's group, a Bible study group, you can bring Seek and, and use that for your small group this weekend. You can go to a parish. You can go to one of the big events. I'm going to be speaking up at Windsor, Colorado, Our Lady of the Valley, on February 4th, Friday night, for the kickoff night of Seek. So I'm, I'm going up there for an in-person presentation as they kick off the live broadcast event. I'll be presenting on Saturday morning for the live broadcast event going across the world. And then I fly to Dallas. I'm going to be going down to Dallas to speak to about 1,300 college students from all over the great state of Texas and Cajun country in Louisiana as well, gathering in Dallas. So please pray for all the young people that they may encounter the Lord in a powerful way. And please pray for the tens of thousands of adults, parishioners, lay people from from parishes, dioceses, small groups all around the world that are gathering for this event as well. But let's turn to this this story of the presentation and this this unknown biblical hero. I mean, I, you've heard of Simeon, maybe, but I doubt many of you have a devotion to Simeon. I doubt many of you have a little prayer card, Saint Simeon, pray for me. <laughs> you know, not that he's uh, uh, all canonized and everything, but what we have is a wonderful biblical hero who was a hero because he did the ordinary thing in an extraordinary way. Again, as I mentioned, he wasn't known for levitating. He wasn't known for being this like missionary saint. You know, he wasn't known as being a martyr. He wasn't known for fighting on a battlefield, but he did the ordinary thing of a disciple in an extraordinary way. What does a disciple do? A disciple follows Jesus. That's what we all want to do, right? Don't you want to follow Jesus in your life? You just want to say yes to him and whatever he's asking of you. That's why you 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 want to be a disciple. And uh, but how do we do that? How do I listen to God more? How do I know His will? How do I respond to His promptings in my life when I do sense He might be inviting me to do something? That's what we're going to look at here. Let's learn what the Bible tells us about Simeon first. Just a little background. In Luke chapter two, verse twenty-five, it tells us that Simeon was looking for the consolation of Israel. He's looking for the consolation of Israel. What does that mean? Well, that's a particular phrase. If you were a Jew in the first century and you heard about the consolation of Israel, you knew exactly what that meant. We hear that. It's just kind of like, oh, consolation of Israel. Okay, whatever. (laughs) But for a Jew in the first century, they knew that's Isaiah 40. That's Isaiah chapter 40, which is the hinge of the whole book of the prophet Isaiah. You see, Isaiah was a prophet writing in a time of great cultural crisis in the time of Israel, when Israel was falling away and worshiping the false gods, turning away from the one true God. And God sent Isaiah to warn the people that they're, if they don't repent, they're going to have a foreign nation come and destroy their city, their Jerusalem, destroy the temple, carry them off and make them slaves uh, in, in Babylon. And so they're going to lose everything. And that's what you read a lot about in the first half of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 1 through 39. But the second half of Isaiah, chapter 40 through 66, is called the book of consolation. Why? Well, after reading verses one, chapters 1 through 39 of Isaiah and all the judgment coming on Jerusalem, you need a lot of consolation. Uh, but it's more than that. It's, it's a lot of 
prophecies about the future, that God's going to come and rescue his people, that God is going to come and, and bring them back to the land, and he's going to be with the people again. And so when we read in the Bible, in Luke 2.25, that Simeon is a man looking for the consolation of Israel. That's not just some vague hope. It's specifically about the hope of Isaiah, the hope of Isaiah 40 through through 66, because the whole book of consolation begins in Isaiah chapter 40 with these words, console my people, that God is going to come and comfort them after their sufferings in exile in Babylon. God's going to comfort them. He's going to rescue them. He's going to bring them back to Jerusalem, and he's going to dwell with his people again. So Isaiah expresses the hope for the coming of the Savior, the Messiah, the Redeemer that's going to come. And Simeon is a man looking for that consolation. He's longing for that to come to fulfillment. And it tells us another thing, that the Holy Spirit was upon him, Luke 2.25. That indicates that this man was also a prophet. He had a sense of God telling him something about the future. We read in the Old Testament when the Holy Spirit comes upon people like David or Saul, they begin to prophesy, or the Holy Spirit comes upon Ezekiel, he's able to prophesy. Well, the next verse, Luke 2.26, tells us that Simeon has this extraordinary revelation that he will not see death until he sees the Messiah. What an amazing thing to know. Okay, one day I'm going to see the Messiah. You could just picture Simeon, just imagine this old man, every time he sees a baby, is that the one? Oh, is that the one? Is that the one? <laughs> you know? So, uh, but but he, because he knows, I'm not going to die. One day I'm going to see the Messiah. And then finally it happens in verse 27 is the key verse here. It tells us, inspired by the Spirit, Simeon went to the temple. Why did Simeon go to the temple that day? Is it because, you know, it's, it's this day of the week. It's Tuesday. I go preach in the temple and three, you know, or I'm, I have that meeting. I'm meeting someone for coffee over on the outskirts of the temple. Is that, is that why he went? He had an appointment. He had a scheduled meeting. This is what he does on this day. Listen to the text again, Luke 2.27. Inspired by the Spirit, Simeon went to the temple. Why did he go to the temple? He was inspired by the Spirit. I mean, imagine Imagine if Simeon had ignored that prompting of the Holy Spirit. I mean, imagine, you know, it's not like he had business to do in the temple that day. It wasn't part of his plan. It wasn't part of his schedule. He just sensed, I think I'm supposed to go to the temple. But imagine he said, oh, no, I'm way on the other side of town. That's going to take too long to get there. I'm tired. I I don't want to (laughs) go. Or imagine if he said, oh, it's not a part of my schedule. I've got all these things to do today. I'm just so busy. It, 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 it's not in my planner. You know, I, I didn't have this scheduled for the day. This would be an interruption in my day. Imagine if he said that. Imagine if he said, oh, I'm just too busy. Imagine if he said no to that prompting. He would have never encountered the baby Jesus that day. He would have missed the, the thing he'd been longing for for his whole life, to see the Messiah. So what I want to highlight here is how important it is to be men and women like Simeon. He was a hero because he did the ordinary thing in an extraordinary way. What was the ordinary thing? He said yes to Jesus in what Jesus was asking of him, the Lord. What was God asking of him in that moment? To go, to go to the temple. Why? He doesn't know. Is there a purpose? Doesn't make sense. Was this something I planned? It wasn't something I planned, but he sensed he's supposed to do it. And, and because he trusted God, he trusted that prompting, God worked an amazing thing, and he got to hold the Christ child. 
the prophesied one. He got to hold the fulfillment of Isaiah 40. (laughs) He got to hold in his arms the consolation of Israel, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. But it all began with him saying yes to those promptings. So what can we take away? How do we live like Simeon? How do we become men and women that are really led by the Holy Spirit with our lives and not just doing what we want all the time, not just controlling everything and uh, uh, manipulating everything for our purposes, pursuing our own will, pursuing what we think is important? How do we become men and women docile to God's plan for my life and not men and women who cling to our own plans for our own lives. How do we really surrender and allow God to lead us? Here's a couple things. First, first, ask the Lord to guide you each day. Ask him for those inspirations. Ask him for those kinds of inspirations like Simeon got that day. You could say, inspire me, God. Inspire all my decisions, all my actions, all my choices. Inspire what I do. Never let me neglect any of your inspirations. I think that's a key line. Ask the Lord, Lord, never let me neglect. Let me never ignore. Never let me say no to those little promptings, those little inspirations. Those often are coming from God. And so when God gives us a little chance to serve in some way, I kind of sense I'm supposed to, you know, people at the campus ministry are looking for volunteers and I just sit back, oh, I'm so busy. I don't, I don't have any time for this. But I kind of sense in that moment, I think I'm supposed to do it. Raise your hand volunteer, say yes to that spirit. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't have time. I've got, I got final exams. I got too much to get ready for. How am I going to do it? But if God is prompting you to do something, trust that he's going to sort it out. So say yes to the inspirations, even when it doesn't all, you're not sure how it's all going to work out. You don't, you don't see all the benefit. Say yes to them. Um, maybe you're, you're sensing that you're supposed to kind of confront someone with something. There's something, you know, a friend of yours is doing or a family member is doing and you need to draw a line and say, no, you will not treat me this way. You need to set up a boundary. And you've been scared to do this. You've been living with this dysfunctional family relationship for a long time, but you kind of just sense, I need need to create this space here. I should not be treated this way. I need to love this person enough to set up this boundary. That's really hard here, but you kind of sense God may be moving you in that direction. Say yes, ask the Lord. Never let me neglect these little inspirations. These are opportunities to say yes to Jesus. So ask the Lord, beg him, help me to be attentive to those inspirations, attentive to your voice, attentive to your promptings, and may I never neglect them. May I never say no to them. So that leads to the second point. Be faithful to those promptings when they come. So ask Jesus for the promptings, ask him for those inspirations and ask him that you never say no. And then be good on that. Be faithful when you get those those little nudges, those little promptings from the Lord. Jesus himself says to everyone who has, more will be given. I think this is true. I know this in my own life. I struggle with this. <laughs> you know, I'm not always as attentive as I need to be to, to what God is asking of me. But I do know that when I'm living more in rhythm with this, that when I say yes to one very little thing, I think I should just go talk to this kid. We're going to go for a walk. I just kind of sense that. Or I think I'm supposed to stop by the chapel. I don't know why. I just think I'm supposed to. Like whenever those little things happen and I, I, I make good on it, I notice there's more. Like I become more aware of other times when God's opening up a door, pushing me in a certain direction, inviting me towards something, inspiring me in a certain way. Uh, I think be faithful to those promptings because to everyone who has, more will be given. In other words, if I'm faithful to one little thing, then he's going to give me another grace. He's going to give me another 
another pathway to walk down. He's going to give me another little nudge in a certain direction. But Jesus also says, well, he says, to everyone who has, more will be given. He also says, and to those who have little, the little they have will be taken away. In other words, if I don't say yes, like if I deny Jesus in one of those promptings, then it is, I'm, I'm less likely to notice another one. So let's be generous when they come. So first point, ask Jesus to inspire our actions, ask for those inspirations, pray in advance that we don't neglect any of those inspirations. Second thing, be faithful when they come. And the last thing, and this, I think this is an important one here, because I don't want, you could take this idea of being inspired by the Holy Spirit in the wrong way. You could take it in the way like, oh, well, hey, you know, I, I was just inspired to not show up to work today because <laughs> I didn't want to go to work today. It was going to be a really hard day at work, so I just felt inspired. No, no, that's just being selfish and lazy. <laughs> a key thing, a Catholic way of understanding this, so we don't get crazy with, you know, I'm following the Spirit, you know, is realize that the, the Holy Spirit's always going to lead us to love, to serve, and it's, it's always going to be within the context of our responsibilities and our vocation. So whatever responsibilities we have, whatever commitments we have, the Holy Spirit's going to lead us to always be faithful to our commitments, faithful to our responsibilities, and especially for those of us in the marriage vocation, always within the context of that vocation. Uh, oftentimes, the, the way the Spirit tends to lead us, it's usually to do something difficult. It's usually to do something hard. And, and the danger is you meet young, some, some young Christians that are kind of like, oh, well, you know, Spirit just inspired me just to stay here in the chapel. Uh, so I, I, I didn't, I didn't, my wife needed me to help out with things at home, but I just felt I needed to be in the chapel. Sorry, your vocation comes first. God speaks to you through your spouse. You know, if your spouse is not leading you to sin and your spouse needs you to help with something, God speaks to you through your vocation. Don't just tell your spouse, oh, I just need all this time in the chapel. Yes, you need to pray. Having time for prayer is important, absolutely essential in a marriage. But if your spouse says they need you, find time to pray when it's inconvenient to you and do the hard thing to serve your spouse. If you're a young person and you, let's say a college student, and you committed to something to help out at the, at the Newman Center, the campus ministry, and you're a volunteer and they expect you each week to help with, well, I don't know, setting up chairs or setting up the meals, whatever it is, and you're committed, but you just say, oh, well, I feel inspired to just you know, just go spend an extra time in adoration today. Like, no, no, no. God God speaks to us through our commitments. You made a commitment. You made a commitment to serve. Don't don't try to say, oh, the Spirit's guiding me to go do this spiritual thing, or I want to, I'm going to go to this Bible study instead. No, be a man or woman of your word, a man or woman of commitment. I'll give an example. You know, in Focus, Focus missionaries, when they come on board, they they make a commitment. They go on what we call a dating fast, and a lot of that's just to like kind of give them a chance for just to unplug from the dating scene, the ups and downs and roller coaster rides emotionally for the dating scene, and just really focus on their own interior lives and focus on mission. But you can have a young Focus missionary kind of say, "Oh, I just feel moved by the Spirit." To, to date this beautiful girl on campus, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I just feel I'm supposed to, to be with this person. Yeah, you can have all those feelings, but look, you made a commitment. Be a man or woman of your word. Don't blame your this on the Holy Spirit, saying the Holy Spirit's moving you to do this. Nope. God speaks through your commitments, through your responsibilities, and especially through your vocation. Listen here what one of my favorite spiritual writers, Father Jacques Philippe, says about this. He says, God will grant us more inspirations— if he sees us being faithful in fulfilling his will when it comes to us by other ways, the ordinary ways, by following his commandments, by being faithful to the duties of our state in life. 
are you faithful? If you're faithful to your duties in your state in life, you're a student. You're faithful to studying and doing well in your classes, striving for excellence as a student. You're faithful to your commitments. You're faithful to what you said you were going to do at the parish. You're faithful to your responsibilities at your house, you know, cleaning up and doing the dishes. You know, in those little things, if you're faithful in those little things, God will give you those little promptings more. He goes on and says, this is Jacques Philippe. He says, God's will is expressed in many ways. And we know these without any need for special inspirations. We know God's will as expressed in a general way through the commandments of Scripture, the teachings of the church, the demands that are a part of our vocation, and those that come from our job. <laughs> so we want to be careful. Yes, we want to be attentive to the Holy Spirit. Yes, we want to ask the Lord, you know, give me inspirations, Lord. Help me, and I pray in advance, help me never to neglect them. Secondly, I'm going to try to be faithful to those promptings of the Spirit. But as I'm discerning, is this really from the Spirit of God? I have to obviously, is it leading me to love? Is it leading me to serve? Is it leading me to be more faithful to the people around me, to fulfill my commitments? my responsibilities to them, my, my obligations. And especially this, this comes uh, to the forefront in my vocation. If this prompting of the Spirit means I'm letting down my roommates and not taking care of things in the house as I should, that's a sign that that's not, it's probably not from the Spirit of God. It's from another spirit, a demonic spirit maybe, leading me to be selfish or leading me just to go after my own interests instead of doing hard things to serve the common good of the people around me uh, and focusing on just my own private good of the thing I want to do. And so I love what Father Jacques Philippe says. Is it, it reminds us that if we're faithful to those little things that we are called to do every day at work, in the workplace, in the home, in marriage and family life, as a student in campus and doing my work uh, as a student. If we're faithful in those things, then God will tend to grant us more inspirations on a spiritual level. So my friends, I hope this has been interesting for you. Check out the Seek Conference, and you can bring it to your home, bring it to your campus, you can bring it to your parish at seek.focus.org. You can watch from your own living room, right there with your own friends and family, seek.focus.org, February 4th through 6th. Uh, check it out, and thanks so much for listening. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or on my website, edwards3.com. That's edwardsri.com. If you have any questions, you can reach me there. Thanks so much, and God bless you.